podcast. I am your host, Cosmic Waters. May my words inspire you and remind you to remain true to you as you walk authentically in your truth, dripping self-love and unapologetically choosing situations because you know with NDEs which is near-death experiences um, you know it'll bring people into their gifts amongst other things and I'll be like no I didn't experience anything of that nature and so they try to dig a little deeper and be like well what brought you to the awareness like how did you begin And it's so interesting because it was like everything kind of just happened at once, right? But I did have an event take place. And so for me, it seemed like I was catapulted into an awareness level (laughs) of myself and the shit that I needed to change within after I chose to walk away from a six-year relationship or a situation ship or whatever title you want to give it because um <laughs> at one point it had a title at one point it didn't it was interesting to say the least so this person did receive six years of my time though and energy now to get a little deeper into this so i met this person back in 2012 I knew him for a few months, and then he ended up getting uh, arrested, and he ended up in uh, prison, (laughs) and that's how the story goes. No, okay, so (laughs) to give you a little bit more juice, so he came into my life at a time where I was like in a depression. I didn't really show it on the outside, but on the inside, I was depressed, right? It was like being in a tunnel and not being able to see the light. There was no light, right? I didn't know how to make myself happy. At this point in my life, I wasn't aware 
of, you know, well, I have to give myself happiness, you know, that it was something that started within me. I looked for it outside of me, right? Looking for other people to provide me with that happiness, to fill that void that I was feeling within me, that void of emptiness, that void of self-love that I had been missing for far too long, that void of inner peace that I was on the search for so heavily, not understanding that inner peace had to be cultivated within me, by me, right? And so he came into my life and he made me laugh and he brought me happiness and he showed me attention. He made me feel wanted. He made me feel needed, right? And then it was kind of like he became a drug because I looked for him to constantly keep me happy. So it was like, if I ever felt like I was drowning, he was the pill that I popped. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever been addicted to a human before. That shit is real. It's literally like a human drug. And it was just like, I needed him. I needed to talk to him. I needed to hear from him. Like, I don't, it was literally like an adrenaline rush. It was like, that dopamine high oh man <laughs> it was like that rush you would get from sugar like that that sugar rush you would get but then there was also the crash too so he ended up like I said um, going to prison and it's so funny when I think about this situation because I always told myself like I would never deal with the man in jail like I would never give my time <laughs> or put my life on hold and I guess as the saying goes never say never right because I definitely damn did for six whole motherfucking years and um in the beginning you know it was a lot of mushiness a lot of that lovey-dovey you know like I said I was addicted and things were pretty cool you know um I used to always ask for a title because in the beginning it really wasn't a title there and I would always ask for one and I would get hit with oh I don't believe in titles that was something that he told me and I was like what and so at this point in my life I believe so heavily in titles to me a title meant everything right of course I'm not there anymore but it meant everything to me and it was like if you didn't give me a title then what do we have right and so he went and gave me one. <laughs> and, you know, that bothered me for a very long time. But I still stayed, you know, I still stuck around, stayed by his side. Like I said, yeah, I was addicted. And if you're wondering, yes, um, him and I did have sex before he ended up going to jail. Uh, we had sex maybe like mm, twice, two or three times before he ended up, you know, going away. So I did get to experience the dick before he left. <laughs> but that was beside the point. It wasn't so much as an addiction to the sex as it was more so me looking forward to him providing the happiness, you know? And this is not to say that his sex was trash because it wasn't. It was just at this point in my life, I was like, oh, he makes me happy. And I've been void of happiness for so long. I need it. I need it. Like, I kind of felt like SpongeBob 
<laughs> in that episode when he's in Sandy's uh, house or whatever, and he's fucking damn near dying without water. <laughs> I could just see that meme in my head. Right? He needed it. He needed it bad. And that's how it was with him. And so... Damn, I forgot where I was with the story. But he basically, you know... Oh, yeah, with the titles. Okay, okay, okay. Because I kind of had lost my place. So, yeah, like I was saying, he uh, wasn't too fond of giving me one. He gave me all these reasons, which I considered then as excuses. And at that time, I had the mindset of what's mine is mine. Like, I was very possessive. It was fuck sharing, like, if you belong to me, you belong to me, you can't talk to no other women, this, that, and a third, like, it was toxic, possessive energy, right, and it was a lot of, well, if you love me, then prove it kind of energy too, right, and so in the beginning, it was kind of like, okay, it was like wish-washy at points, because he would tell me, oh, you deserve better than me, you know, go out there and live your life. But at the same time, he would also say things to reel me back in. And so I was kind of being pushed and pulled. And I allowed myself to be. So this is not to point the blame. It's just setting the stage of how things went, right? Because I chose to stick around and I chose to deal with this. So I take accountability, full responsibility for it, right? So, you know, he told me these things and I, I dismissed it, but they still st- sat in the back of my head. And so, um, you know, I also told him that um, I would be committed to him, even without the title. You know, I, I remember saying things to him like, it's yours, meaning the pussy was his and I wouldn't have sex with anybody else. And I made those promises, you know, I can't front, I did say that to him right and so that was kind of like an expectation you know he expected me to keep my word when it came to that and around I want to say 2014 uh all hell kind of broke loose (laughs) it was a valentine's day and I broke that premise I ended up uh going out on a date with another man the whole night he was calling me and I didn't answer him right because I was on a date and I ain't going front I was kind of fearful to even answer the phone honestly um because I was like yeah if I pick up right now and I'm basically exposing myself right and at first Um, I didn't even realize he was calling because my phone was on vibrate, right? But there was a point that I did see the missed calls. I mean, it wasn't like I could call him back. But at one point, I did look at my phone and see he had called me. And I was like, fuck. And a little bit of panic did uh, creep into me because I didn't really know how things would play out when I did actually speak to him, right? So that night goes along, and like I said, I have was I was on a date with another man, 
have fun. I enjoyed myself. Pretty cool Valentine's Day date. That next morning, he calls and I finally answer. And long story short, he basically asked, was I out, you know, last night or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I was. And then he hit me with the question of, you had sex, didn't you? And I was like, fuck. And in that moment, I couldn't even lie if I wanted to. I was just like put on the spot. I didn't even, <laughs> it was, yeah. I just was like, yeah, I just admitted to it. I was like, yeah, I did. And so from that point forward, oh man, he was just, I, I kind of feel like it was like a, a bruise to his ego in a sense. He might tell you differently, but I was just every name in the book that you could think of. I was a, <laughs> I was a whore, slut, just whatever, you know, whatever he could come up with. And man, I can't front. I did feel bad for it. I did because I was just listening to him talk and like admit that his feelings were hurt or whatever and uh, I began to beat myself up about it on the inside like damn you actually um, cheated quote unquote right? you lied you know you made promises to this man and then you went out and had sex with somebody else and so there was like a lot of shame and guilt and he did not let that shit go so that was like what 2014 I want to say for the rest of those years because I walked away and like at the end of 2018 so for the rest of those four years I did not hear the end of that every chance he got he spoke about it how I did him wrong OMG right and one of the things that I told him was like you know how did I cheat on you if we wasn't together like you didn't want to give me a title so technically I did not cheat oof that was the wrong thing to say apparently (laughs) that made shit worse (laughs) but that was my thought process at that point in time because when I would ask for a title I was met, met with a no or I don't believe in titles type energy okay and then like I told y'all at the same time he was also telling me oh well you deserve better this that and that so it was like wishy-washy energy they don't want to give me a title and I'm not trying to say that you know me not sticking to my word um wasn't you know kind of like a slap in the face you know but I'm just saying the reason I made the move that I made other than that that was something that I wanted to do if I'm being completely honest in that moment was because when I broke it down inside my head you know logically justifying what I did to myself I'm like I don't have a title he didn't want to give me a title we're not together and he told me to do um what makes me happy and basically he I deserve better right (laughs) So that's how I was seeing it. But when I regurgitated that back to him, it didn't sit too well. So enough of that. So, you know, dealt with that. And that pretty much shifted the basis of our whole relationship. 
or whatever it was because he didn't see me the same anymore after that uh he told me I was now tainted in his eyes right and so I still stayed with him though I still allowed myself to um be by his side in a sense I felt like I had to redeem myself too I'm not gonna front I felt like well damn I gotta make up for the pain that I caused and the chaos that I caused or created between us um but if I'm being honest things never really went back to normal because like I said he kind of just dangled that over my head a lot um so yeah that created like a shift um and then at some point I don't even know the exact date or time or year a lot of this kind of seems like a blur right now but at some point things just became real stressful real toxic and it was like every time he would call me I promise we argued over anything it was just like always argument always something and I was like fuck and so it went from me really looking at my phone all day every day waiting on his call being sad if I didn't get to hear from him hating to get off the phone with him so now when my phone would ring I would automatically get hit with anxiety like oh god what are we going to argue about should I even answer this phone call but then if I don't answer the phone call oh man it's going to be an issue um but I just already knew like fuck you know it became stressful and I was no longer at a place of okay well he is my main happiness the situation as a whole became my stress <laughs> became my main stress factor um and then outside of that just the experience was was interesting I had never really dealt that deeply um with someone that was in prison right and so it's kind of like when they do time you also do time right because like I said I had put my life on hold um and it was like okay it was like a waiting game now I'm waiting for him to come home wondering when he's gonna get out um and then it's like I'm the middleman in a sense I'm the messenger I'm his voice on the outside so I was always constantly connecting calls you know between him and family members or his friends whoever whatever he wanted to talk to right and then if it was something going on um down at the prison you know some foul shit then I had to call up there and ask to speak to this person and see what was going on and why he didn't receive this and um calling a lawyer and it was just a lot it was a lot and it was like you know the people in the in the system they don't give a fuck and so I would call and I would be put on hold for forever or I'd be given a run around or like people they just didn't fucking care right they didn't care so yeah it was it was interesting as a whole experience and um he also had like a baby mother and a daughter now this I was cool with you know I loved his daughter as if she was my own you know I met her when she was just a couple months old so it was really beautiful to watch her grow you know 
And I was cool with the mother of his child. I didn't have any issues with her at all, you know. I got along with her. She was cool people. And so this went on for some years. And like I said, things became toxic and I found myself either crying or just stressed out or angry. Our conversations was like yelling matches. And then they had it set up to where you could email too. So I was able to email him. And even in the emails, we was arguing and and the letters shit became arguments. And uh, when it was good, it was good. But when it was bad, it was motherfucking bad. You know, it was. And then in 2018, I don't know. It was like, I just finally had the strength to be like, yo, I can't do this anymore. And I'm choosing to walk away. And that was the hardest fucking shit I ever had to do in my life. Oh, <laughs> Like, man, I had to walk away from the person that, I was addicted to that was supplying that happiness to me and it took me a really long time to be able to even gather up that strength because anytime that I would think about walking away it was like he knew just what to say to reel me back in and it was just like one night I was like I can't fucking do this no more I really sat there and I and I thought about it in my mind like I gotta leave. I gotta walk away. I I can't. I'm stressed. This shit ain't working no more. And it's crazy, too, because, you know, at that time, he was supposed to be getting out, I believe, the following year. But I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. And so I told him that, you know, when we got back on the phone, that I was walking away. And even that was like an argument, too. And then he would call me back and was like, are you sure this is what you wanted to do? And I doubted it, you know. I second-guessed myself, and I thought about it, and then I still kept my yes answer, though. And so I can't front. Like, I felt like I went through withdrawals. Man, it was hard to not want to hear his voice. It was hard to not want to message him, to not write him a letter. Like, that shit was hard. But eventually I was able to do it, you know. Things kind of slowed down with as far as like receiving or writing a letter or even like sending emails things begin to like really really slow down and fade away and I was like okay and things got easier and I realized that I was free I had begun to have this sense of freedom because you know he had stopped calling me and being that we wasn't really talking, that mean I didn't have to always have my phone around me or me feeling like I'm about to miss this phone call. And then when I do receive it, he's asking me, oh, what was you doing? Why'd you, why you didn't answer the phone? You know, it was like I could just breathe and put my phone down and not look at it if I wanted to. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, I don't have to call anybody to set it straight. I don't have to sit on hold forever. I don't have to try to reach out to the lawyer. I don't have to try to reach out to this person. I don't have to be a middleman anymore. I don't have to call this person or that person. I have to do none of that. None of it. None of it. I was free. There was no arguing. 
there was no more of that toxic energy flowing back between us it was like newfound freedom and I finally felt free to just be me and do me and like the chains had been lifted because now I was also free to explore and return to dating if I chose to do so and to just basically discover who I was right because a part of the things that we would argue about is my future like what I would do with myself right and so he had an issue with the fact that um I wasn't driving he had an issue with the fact that I didn't have like a stable um work for myself right and he wanted to see me basically at a place that was like secure and I understand that you know but he tried to push me into like uh working for either the government or um even being a CEO or doing things of that nature I didn't want nothing to do with that nothing at all nothing (laughs) and so we would argue back and forth about that and I'm like yo this is my life that's not what I want to do and you know he would be like oh well just use it as a stepping stone and I'm like but that's not what I want to (laughs) do and so that became an argument because it was like in his eyes I wasn't trying to better myself so that was something that we disagreed on a lot I, it was, I don't know, it was just like different things that would just pop up that we seem to not always see eye to eye on. And I got tired of that conversation too. I really did. I told him, I was like, yo, it always seems like you are, um, I think I, the word I used was badgering or something of the sort because he didn't take too kindly of that either. Um, and I was like, I'm tired of it. Like, let me live. So, yeah. And then, y'all, I spent a lot of motherfucking money during these six years. I ain't gonna even front. I did, and I didn't realize it at the time. But spending money on them damn phone calls, bro, yo, it would eat a hole in your pocket. Especially, I believe, when he was, like, in the county jail before he got sent to prison. Like that money will run out so fast on the phone and it was just like yo what in the world and I remember one day I sat down and I was curious I was like let me see how much money I spent you know over the years and when I hit five thousand dollars I was like fuck it I don't even want to know anymore I didn't even finish adding it up. I was, my mind was blown. I was like, damn, I really invested this much money? It was crazy. It was crazy. And to this day, though, I kind of wish that I would have kept all the records so I could have added up the final amount because I'm sort of curious at where the amount ended up at. I mean, it's not important. And I don't feel like he owes me anything. So that's not the expectation that I'm putting out there. Nor am I trying to brag about how much money I spent. I was truly mind blown. It it was just like, I don't know. I didn't think about it at the time that I was spending the money, you know. But 
overall i can say i don't have any regrets did it take up six years of my life yes but at the same time it was a huge ass lesson a lesson multiple lessons actually and a ways of how i didn't love myself right I didn't know my worth. I had low self-esteem. I didn't have any confidence, really. I was in, like I said, I was in a place of, you know, a depressed state when he first met me. I didn't know how to make myself happy. I didn't even know how to find happiness within or create that happiness within or even choose to be happy. You know, I was still searching and looking for him to fill voids that it wasn't even his responsibility to fill I was, it was a lot. I was a mess, you know? And when I got angry, I was reckless with my mouth. And so sometimes, you know, when we would be arguing, I just didn't care what the fuck I said. If I was mad, I was just saying shit, right? And a lot of times, also, me being just overall stressed, sometimes he would call and he would get hit with an attitude and he would do anything to me, you know? So that's what I'm saying. I got to realize my toxic ways. I got to realize the ways in which I was fucked up on the inside and the ways that I needed to heal. But I couldn't see that until I walked away. That's when the rose-colored glasses came off and I was finally able to see me and I was finally able to realize how toxic I was and how much healing I needed and the shit that I needed to let go of how much growth I needed to do and oh no that sounded like some really improper uh, grammar how much growing I needed to do (laughs) but it took for me like I said to walk away before I could realize this stuff and so I don't want y'all that are listening to be like Oh, he was a horrible, horrible person. Because that's not what this um, episode is about. It's not to paint him in a bad light. It's not to point the blame at him. It's not to do anything to him. I'm just telling my story, my experience. And I realized that I had my shit just like he had his shit. So I wasn't a perfect person to whereas he was just evil and I was just uh, pristine and clean. Nah. I had my shit, I had my ways, I was dealing with my demons in the closet, you know, and I was toxic, you know, I can admit that, so it was kind of just like bouncing off of each other, the energy was matching, and we kind of just threw shots at each other at a certain point, but like I said, it wasn't always like that in the beginning, it really wasn't things just kind of hit a tower moment (laughs) and once the building crumbled it kind of just stayed crumbled it was like no rebuilding just it was what it was right and so when I finally walked away and I can't front I did cry even though I walked away I still cried it was like I grieved over, like, really letting go of the relationship and letting go of him. Because we had made plans for, like, a future. Like, oh, when he came home, you know, we was going to be together. We was going to do this and this, that, and the third. Right? We had made those plans. 
And so that's what I had seen in my head, like, for the for my future. Like, once he got home, this, that, and the third was going to happen. And, yeah, so now it was like I had to get rid of all of that. And I kind of just had to detox from him. So I got rid of all the letters, whatever pictures I had. He even made me uh, these really nice like drawings of pictures on like this cloth material they were so pretty but during my phase of letting go and me being in my emotions I got rid of everything I threw it all out every letter he ever wrote me every poem he ever wrote me everything he ever do for me every card he ever sent me anything that reminded me of this man or that was like some sort of attachment to him I got rid of I have nothing anymore that belongs to him or that I received from him from that time at all. Nothing. I threw it all away. And it was so hard for me to do that. And I didn't do it all at once. I did it in increments. I did it in increments. And some of it took a couple years for me to do because, you know, like I said, I walked away and what? the end of 2018 and um throughout the year of 2019 I was like slowly detoxing slowly throwing things away um I want to say 2020 I finally let go of everything the last little bit of letters and pictures that I may have had so yeah but it opened up my eyes. And like I said, it was like, when I walked away, I just kind of got catapulted into spirituality. And it was just like, whoa, I started to see different things. You know, and they say you let go of the old and welcome in the new. And it was just like a whole new world opened up to me. And new people began coming into my life and new opportunities and new things. And oh man, then I got introduced into shadow work and healing and <laughs> and a child work and everything and it was a lot it was overload at first because when you first start on a journey you kind of get hit with everything and it's just like if you're not careful you will um overwhelm yourself you will eat too much you will take in too much information and you will hit a place of overload right so that is pretty much what like catapulted me into my journey I don't remember exactly step by step you know what was the first thing that popped up for me spirituality wise I honestly don't remember um but I just know it was once I walked away that I was able to really dive into it and then I also <laughs> I had got fired from this office job that I had. And this was like a sense of freedom too. And it's so crazy because I always wanted an office job. And I used to always wonder like, why can I ever get an office job? Why won't they hire me? And it used to make me upset. And I remember, you know, just talking out loud. And I'll be like, I just want to experience it. Like, I deserve to work here at this place or whatever. And so, (laughs) 
I had applied again for this office position. And this one I have actually got. And they gave me a chance. And I was like, yeah, finally, somebody lets me work in their office. And I will say this. Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. And don't get me wrong. It was beautiful people. And they, they were so loving. They were all um older than me. But they were dope as fuck. Like, the energy in that environment was really cool. And I enjoyed working with them, right? I didn't really enjoy the work itself, though. I didn't. Um, but the people, they was dope. <laughs> but then it was like, okay. That routine of being in the office, of always being on the phone, always being at a computer. I was just like, yeah, this is not really what I want to do. And then I had also reached a place to where I got tired of working for somebody else. I didn't want to ask somebody, well, can I take a vacation? This is my life. Why the fuck do I got to ask you if it's okay if I want to go take a vacation or take a couple days off? And then you can tell me no, but this is my life. So who are you to tell me no? (laughs) Right? And so I got, I kind of got to that place where I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to have a boss. I don't want to have to answer anybody. I don't want to have to answer the phones all day and try to solve people's problems. I don't want to be stuck at a computer. I don't want to be confined to a chair, a cubicle. Like, it just, yeah. But before I got to experience it, I thought that that is what I wanted. And that was what was best for me. It really wasn't, though. And so it came down to it to where I ended up getting fired. And I got fired because they had like this um this point system. So every time you was late, it would like take a point off, even if you was like one minute late. And I think after ten points, you were automatically fired. There was no uh discussion. It's just your job was gone. And so I made it to ten points and um yeah. I lost my job. Well, you know. And I didn't realize it. But that was freeing as fuck, too. It really was. And I actually celebrated, y'all. I I never told anybody this. But I celebrated when I got fired. (laughs) Because I felt so free. I was like, yes. I don't have to go answer the phone calls. I don't have to go type nothing in on a computer. I don't have to sit in my little square cubicle for eight hours. I'm free. I'm fucking free. I danced a little. Now, I didn't know what that meant going forward, honestly, because it was like, okay, now I got to find another job kind of mentality. But at the same time, part of me was like, nah, I'm not meant to work for anybody else. So that was a huge part of my journey, too. And uh, I honestly haven't worked for anybody else since then, since 2018. So, yeah. Oh yeah, this is part of Cosmic's confession. I have never told this story, like, outside of the people that was, like, close to me during the time that I knew I was dealing with him. I never posted anything about it on Facebook or any of my social media, so I wasn't that type of person that was like, oh, free such and such, you know, free my man, this, that, and a third, or writing on his page, like, free him. Like, I didn't do stuff like that. So it was kind of kept on the low. 
outside of the people that I honestly chose to tell you know and so a lot of people didn't even know that I was dealing with the situation I was dealing with for those long ass years (laughs) so yeah I'm just putting this out there and it kind of opened my eyes too because I used to kind of have some form of judgment to people or women that would stay in these long ass relationships knowing damn well that shit wasn't meant for them anymore or that would deal with men that was in like prison like how are you sitting there waiting for somebody to come home like I used to judge you know I had that judgment that's why I said I had that mindset oh it could never be me and when the situation presented itself it was definitely me (laughs) so I don't judge anymore Um, to each their own what you choose to do with your life is what you choose to do but it gave me an understanding too of the mindset and how you can actually subject yourself to that and knowing that you need to leave or it's not what's best for you but you stay because it's familiar it's what you know it's comfortable it's like a safety net and even though you may not be 100% happy or 100% comfortable like I said it's familiar and it's like well if I walk away then I gotta start over new with somebody else and then you have the concept of oh am I giving up on this person um oh well you know and then society grooms you and whoever else raised you may have groomed you to believe that oh well you gotta fight for love right And so you have all these constructs and all these beliefs embedded in you that love is a struggle and love is supposed to hurt and love is supposed to have pain and you're not supposed to give up. You're not really supposed to walk away. All that fucking bullshit. And so I stayed. Besides the fact that I was just addicted. I don't know. It was just an addiction. It really was. And I didn't even know you could be fucking addicted to humans. But (laughs) it was an addiction. Like I said, it was addiction to the feeling that he provided me. And... Oh, I just thought about something. So he used to say to me that um, I would never find anybody else like him. Right? And things along the line of, like, you know, nobody loving me the way in which he would. Shit like that. And... It got to a place to where I used to question that, too. Like, if I walk away, am I walking away from a love that nobody else is ever going to give me again? Like, you know, I used to question those things. So, yeah, I just want to say, if you are in a situation, and it doesn't have to be this situation, so to speak, but if you are in a situation where it's unhealthy, where you are stressed, where it is toxic and your inner peace does not exist and you know that it's time for you to walk away and you have ignored every fucking red flag this is another sign for you to free yourself okay there is somebody out there who will love you unconditionally and you don't have to deal with toxicity And love is not a struggle, so you don't have to fight for it. And it is not attached to pain. So you don't have to go through some shit to be in love or experience love or to feel love. Okay? You don't have to go through some shit to be wanted. 
<laughs> it's it's all false. Everything you was taught is a lie. And so if you're listening to this and you've been going through some shit, I don't care if it's only been a couple of months or it's been years, and you know you need to walk away, may this give you the courage to do so, okay? I really hope that it does. And for those of you that may be wondering, because I don't think I touched on this part, if, you know, um, I talked to him when he came home, I did. We communicated, we spoke on the phone, um, you know, we did FaceTime, things of that nature. And I've seen him in person too. So, at this time also though, I was dealing, I had, you know, started dealing with somebody else already. And I remember it came down to a point of him saying, you know, to leave that dude alone and to deal with him. And he gave me that choice. It was, you know. But I knew deep down inside that I couldn't go backwards. I just couldn't. And I needed to move forward and see what that meant for me and my life. And it was no hard feelings against him. But I just wasn't in a place to where I wanted to go backwards. And then the new person that I was dealing with was showing me the love that was just genuine love it was reciprocity there it was peace (laughs) it was just a whole different vibe and I got to experience things I had never experienced before and I was like yeah no this new energy that I'm in I don't want to put it put it down to come back to the old of what was familiar and so I didn't I continued on with my new person but you know that was just to to answer any questions that may have arose like hmm I wonder if she gave him the time of day when he came back home I did I'll be honest yes I was on the phone with this man talking to him (laughs) but it is what it is Like I said, the situation as a whole, I have no regrets, no hard feelings. I don't hold any grudges. There's no bitterness, nothing. It's peace there. It's peace. Um, I have no need to hold on to any any of that, right? And it played out how it played out. I'm grateful for the experience, for what I learned from it. That's just it. I don't see him as a bad person. I don't paint him in a bad light. I don't talk negatively about him. None of that. None of it. The situation was what it was. And I accept it for what it was during that time of my life. And I've washed my hands with it. So, you know. But yes. All of that to say, I just, you know, really just want to put it out there. Like I was saying, when you know it's time for you to walk away, don't prolong that. Allow yourself to let go. I have to do an episode on letting go because whew, it's been a theme of my life for the past couple years. 
and any resistance that I have had towards it just made shit worse. (laughs) So yeah, learning to let go and the art of detachment, all that, those two together have been huge themes in my life huge themes so yes don't ignore the red flags listen to your intuition you know do what makes you happy do what's best for you in your life and put yourself first okay and the signs will definitely present themselves because I had a whole bunch of signs you know whole bunch (laughs) and I ignored all of them so that is something that took place before I was like thrown into the spiritual world because that's what it felt like I was literally put on a um slingshot and I was just flung into this (laughs) it was like oh okay she finally walked away I felt like the ancestors uh, celebrated when I did walk away it was like finally your ass listened (laughs) and I was just like flung I felt like I was like this little mini human that they plucked with their finger and I just just flung into like whatever spirituality was for me (laughs) so yeah that's my story one of my confessions a chapter in my story a chapter in my life however you choose to to view it and uh yeah that's the part of me that hasn't really been told told publicly and I think that is my message for this episode love on you self love is so important know your worth know your motherfucking worth know who you are know what you deserve and know that you are worthy of receiving that which you deserve Do not lower your standards for anyone. Do not settle for mediocre bullshit. Do not settle for breadcrumbs when you can have the whole motherfucking bakery. Okay? That is all, my beautiful naked truthers. Much gratitude. Much love. Remember, life is as beautiful as you allow it to be. Perspective is key. Choose wisely. Peace. share this poem with you all now I know I ended the episode already but if you stuck around for this you're the real MVP enjoy it is called therapy and it was written back in 2016 and as you listen to this you'll see exactly what I was talking about in this poem of how my addiction was real Now, this was written four years later, but the high didn't fade until I walked away. So, therapy. We all have something that takes away the pain. You just so happen to be my drug of choice. Just the sound of your voice shoots morphine through my veins. Addicted to the high as if my IV was laced with cocaine. And when the high starts to fade, 
reality eats away at me, the side effects being chronic pain. I'm broken inside, and although my heart still beats, it feels as if I flatlined. Loving you is therapeutic. Being loved by you is resuscitation to my soul. Mouth to mouth, my breath of fresh air, and as you breathe life back into me, I hear my mind yell clear. My heartbeat increases, leaving an arrhythmia mixed with butterflies. But when the sound of your voice fades and the everyday become once a week, insanity occurs when the one who keeps me calm is locked away. Fifteen minutes pass and I'm feeling betrayed as I hear her say, time's up and the dial tone fades. Am I delusional or just a hopeless romantic? Too dependent on your love to get me high, defying gravity and enjoying cloud nine. There are days that I need to hear your voice, and it's not just a want. Sometimes I feel selfish as I think to myself, 15 minutes just isn't enough, but better than not hearing from you at all. And there are days that my heart aches from the distance that we share, where all I want is to have you here with me. And the days that my body craves solely for your touch seem to make me weak. No sexual healing to relieve the stress. No passionate kisses to say, I love you. No skin-to-skin communication. Our body language seems foreign. I just want your body next to mine as I get lost in the scent of Eve's St. Laurent. These are the days when missing you becomes overwhelming. The days when my high is blown and that morphine is running low and life begins to take a toll. In your arms, I just want to be consoled. And when the tears flow and my chest becomes heavy, the headache starts, my breathing isn't steady. I think of you, eyes closed, using our memories as meditation and our future plans as medication. And although I haven't found inner peace, you're something like my psychotherapy, mentally cleansing, but silently. You seem to find ways to ease my mind, effortlessly making me laugh. They say love is blind, but you've opened my eyes. I'm looking through a kaleidoscope, and although my vision seems blurry, I can see that loving you, you loving me, loving us, is my therapy. Now, let's fast forward three years. So 2019, I was like doing a little bit of a purge, and uh, sometimes one of the ways that I purge is through writing. So this one is called The Addiction Part 1 highly medicated addicted to the high your love was like a drug my personal kryptonite your words were my sedative numbing the pain i kept bottled up inside your dick was my dopamine keeping my spirits high codependency was a side effect on this never-ending roller coaster ride i needed you to make me happy your love was like a drug satisfying my addiction pulsing through my veins filling the void while relieving the pain i craved you in ways words can't explain you were my distraction keeping me mentally sane yet my emotions still ran wild deep down inside my soul craved change i didn't know how to love me so i expected you to do it craving your attention was another addiction so high off this feeling that i didn't even realize i was missing proceed into becoming sober part one the realization you were once my person my everything my every desire 
my urgent need, my earth, wind, and fire. I craved you like a smoker craves nicotine. You kept me high. Oh, it was so nice. But when the highs turned to lows, my sanity was blown. You weren't good for my health, yet I consumed you, hoping your love would satisfy the love I lacked for myself. But like any other drug addict, I seemed to lose myself in you until my soul called for an intervention and I realized I had everything I thought I was missing and my love for self would help me overcome this addiction. And that is the end. I never finished writing. <laughs> One day I may create um, part two and continue the story to where I am now because I need to update it version because it stopped back in 2019 and uh, you know that was only maybe a few months maybe a year after I chose to walk away so we're in 2022 now so I definitely may challenge myself to write a updated poem um, and go ahead and close out that series but yes that is all my beautiful naked truthers Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful fucking weekend. And if you find yourself listening to this during the middle of the week or at the beginning of the week, may you have a beautiful fucking week. Much love and gratitude. Always. Peace. Peace.